Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat, and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back, everyone, to the PA the FI Way podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and thanks for taking the time to listen to the podcast today. I want to talk to you today about your point of enough and to encourage you to ask yourself, how much do you need to be happy for financial independence, both on the way to financial independence as well as once you get there? Once you learn about the concept of reaching financial independence when work becomes optional, you will need to ask yourself the following question several times throughout your life. What is enough? For example, what is the point of enough when you're answering these types of questions for you and your life? How high of a salary would I like to make? How many hours should I work? How big of a house should we live in? How fancy of a car should I drive? How many things or luxuries do I need to be happy? How much time am I spending with my family and friends? How much money could my family and I live on per year currently? And how much money could my spouse and I live on once we no longer work? It's important to recognize that your current answers to these questions may be different than your future answers down the road. Checking in with yourself and your spouse throughout your life is always a good idea. But let's discuss how you can start thinking about how to define your point of enough in different areas of life. Let's first review why defining enough is important. In one of my favorite books about finance, The Psychology of Money, the author Morgan Housel states that the hardest financial skill is getting the goalposts to stop moving. Although we can all recognize the benefits of being hardworking and ambitious, we need to define our points of enough for us so we can recognize when we have reached that point and not overextend ourselves to not only prevent burnout, but to actually prevent us from also getting into trouble from taking on unnecessary risk. For example, Morgan Housel shares stories in his book of how successful people have earned hundreds of millions of dollars, but then they find themselves getting caught up in illegal schemes and activities to try to earn more, trying to reach for billions of dollars, thus getting them into legal trouble. Sometimes you can even get into financial trouble. If you are finding yourself wanting more and more money, Sometimes, perhaps greedily, maybe you're finding yourself trying to invest in risky investments and perhaps losing your money. I'm not implying that if you cannot define enough for you that you will for sure end up in prison by any means. I mean, I sure hope not. But I'm encouraging you to really think about the point where you'll be satisfied so you can be content with what you have and not constantly be striving for more and more instead of enjoying what you have. If you do not define enough, For you and your family, you risk undue stress, time away from your loved ones, time away from your hobbies and passion projects, and perhaps even rocky relationships. 
You may find yourself spending all of your time working at a job to pay for the fancy house that you can't even take the time to enjoy and relax in. So what is enough money for most? The point of enough for a salary has been studied and debated. Back in 2010, there was a study done by Kahneman and Deaton that found that higher household incomes led to more emotional well-being and thus less stress, worry, and sadness. However, this positive effect was interestingly only found up to a certain income threshold. After a certain income amount, the positive benefit didn't necessarily increase. So what was that income amount that seemed to be the sweet spot? It was $75,000 in the year of 2010, which adjusted for inflation today would be roughly around $102,000. For us PAs working in medicine, this is a very attainable amount for most of us. However, a study by Killingsworth released in 2021 refuted those previous findings. This study found that higher incomes actually did correlate with participants feeling better overall and more satisfied with their lives. The findings in the study indicate that feeling as though you're in control of your life may help explain why higher income may contribute to higher happiness. If you think about it, earning more can make you feel like you have more control over your life and where your money goes. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, you don't have much control. Most of your money is probably going towards your bills. In the book, Your Money or Your Life, the author Vicki Robin shares that she and her fellow author, Joe Dominguez, would perform an exercise at their seminars where they would ask the attendees how happy they are on a scale of one being miserable up to five being joyous. And the number three would mean that the attendees can't complain with their lives. They found that the average score was 2.6 up to 2.8, no matter the income level or the net worth of the participants. So overall, the findings were that the attendees were overall pretty unhappy, no matter their income. Additionally, when the participants were asked how much of an income would make them happy, their replies were 50% to 100% more than what they are currently earning, no matter the amount. So what does all of this mean? Well, as with many studies and data in life that we encounter, the results are a bit conflicting. For many, earning a bit more likely will help with some of their overall happiness, but there's also likely a certain threshold at a certain point that you need to find yourself at the point where you stop moving your goalpost, meaning that you're not trying and trying and trying to earn and earn and earn more throughout your life. I'd also venture to say that those who earn a lower to a modest income could still have a good level of happiness if they develop healthy financial habits to the point where they feel in control of their finances and their lives overall. After all, a study done by Dave Ramsey showed that the profession of teachers is one of the top five careers of millionaires. So if a lot of millionaires are actually teachers, you earning a six-figure income as a PA should be able to become a millionaire throughout your lifetime as well. Next, let's talk about the fulfillment curve when it comes to defining enough. So the fulfillment curve is another concept that's discussed in the book, Your Money or Your Life. I'll make sure to include links to both Your Money or Your Life as well as The Psychology of Money in the show notes for today's episode so you can read the books or listen to audio format if you prefer. And then for today's episode on Instagram, as well as over on Facebook. Both can be found at PA the F I way. I will include a picture 
of the fulfillment curve for you. But with this curve on the axis going from left to right, that's the amount of money spent. And then the axis going from the bottom to the top, that's fulfillment. And what this curve shows is that it has three different points along it. And the first point that you come to is called survival. So along the curve, you need to be able to spend enough money to the point that you're able to survive in life. And that has exponential growth of the amount of fulfillment. Next is a point of comfort. And then next is luxuries. And then finally at the top of the curve is enough. And enough is where you have enough luxuries and enough comforts and that you're surviving in life where you're not having all of the luxuries and all of the comforts in life where you extend down into overconsumption or extravagance. So let's break these points down a little bit further. So the first point that you come up to along the fulfillment curve is survival. The purchases are things that help you to survive, have the highest bane for your buck in terms of the fulfillment that they provide you. For example, having enough money to buy food, clean drinking water, clothing, and basic shelter will bring much fulfillment to your life. The next point up on the curve is comforts. The purchases or things in your life that add comfort still have quite a bit of bane for their buck. Things that make you comfortable are likely different than what others in the world would consider comforts. For example, some comforts in life for you may include comfortable clothes, being able to eat until you're full at every single meal, or using warm and cozy blankets at night. And then the next point is luxuries. Again, what you consider a luxury very likely would be different than what I or other people would consider luxuries. Luxuries are the next step above comforts. And although they still provide some bane for their buck, it is less so than the things that help you to survive or be comfortable in life. Luxuries are often big purchases that aren't necessary, but that you enjoy. For example, luxuries may include having a large home, a fancy car to drive, a pool, a smartphone, a laptop, a designer bag, Botox injections, a nice meal out, having a private chef, having a cleaner for your house, going on an exotic vacation, etc. It's important that the luxuries point on the curve is not where you have all of the luxuries in your life, but rather where you can enjoy some of what you consider luxuries in your life. And then the next point is your point of enough. This is the sweet spot between having things and enjoying experiences in life that bring you happiness without extending into extravagance and overconsumption. This is where you have plenty of things to help you survive and feel comfort while enjoying a few luxuries in your life. And then the point of enough is at the top of the curve, on the right side of the curve, where the more money you spend, the right side of the curve starts to trend downward for your fulfillment. So this is the point past enough and where you start to enter the territories of extravagance and overconsumption. For many, it can look like having too much clutter and complexity in life and can become a difficult hassle. I understand the motto, buy nice or buy twice, because that can be true for a lot of things in life. But have you also noticed that sometimes the fancier the gadgets you have, the more things can break or go wrong? Sometimes you can find yourself spending more and more money on these luxuries. Once you reach any points past the point of enough, your fulfillment actually starts to drop. You start to become more stressed, you no longer appreciate what you have, and your dissatisfaction in life can start to increase. So how does your definition of enough relate to financial independence? Once you're able to define enough for you, your spouse, and your family, you're able to evaluate how you're doing on the way to FI. 
Are you feeling like you need to increase your salary more to reach financial independence sooner? Or are you able to cut back on your hours and income because you're content with where you are on your journey? Or maybe you are asking yourself if you can downsize different luxuries in your life, such as your big giant home, your fancy car, or some of your possessions that you may not really need. In America, we are trained and formed to be consumers essentially since we are toddlers. I mean, have you ever watched the commercials that air during cartoons? We're being sold things in the American dream to keep up with the Joneses all the time. If you are a spender instead of a saver in general, it could be more challenging to fight the urge not to spend your hard-earned money on more and more things. Choose to buy your future freedom instead. Figure out your point of enough for you currently on your way to financial independence, as well as what enough will look like once you get to that point. If you are able to live on less once work becomes optional for you, your financial independence state may just be closer than you think. Thanks for taking a listen to today's episode, and I want to remind you that I am collecting stories and feedback from you about what you have found helpful in the year of 2022 and what financial wins that you have had. At the end of the year 2022, I'm going to release an episode where I celebrate your financial wins with you. So if there is anything that you are proud of yourself for doing or a certain financial milestone that you have reached this year or a certain podcast episode that you have found helpful, please reach out to me and tell me your story. You can reach out on Instagram at PA the FI way or send a message through Facebook or you can email me at PA the FI way at gmail.com. If you would like to include your name with your information and any background about you, like where you live or what specialty you practice, and I'd be happy to include that information for a shout out for you. Otherwise, if you'd rather remain anonymous, that's totally okay as well. There's only another couple of weeks left to collect this information. So please reach out to me soon. And I can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for taking a listen and I'll see you back here soon. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on, but more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.